Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. This is the building process. And one thing about a builder, he already has something in mind. He already has a finished product in mind. This is who you are. And then he goes in the process of making you become that. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, one welcome everybody that's here right now. Welcome everybody that's uh, watching us and listening from all around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We know God has a rich and relevant word that will change and impact your life forever. You're in for a treat. Jesus is going to speak today. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And thank you all so very much for taking the time to come out today to, to hear the rich word of the Lord. We love you so very, so very much. Today, let's go back into the series entitled, Tell Hell No. Hallelujah. In this series, uh, uh, roughly up until this point, this will be part number three of that series, we've been talking about having the correct attitude and, and mindset, the right disposition uh, to be involved in uh, spiritual warfare to to really claim what is yours to really claim what is yours and to fight for it and to fight for it and today we're going to start really with the some of the mechanics i need to show you some things behind the scenes that you need to be aware of that will empower you and that will assist you as you take back what belongs to you and a part of this starts here in matthew 16 Matthew 16, some very familiar uh, text of scripture. Matthew 16, and look, let's, uh, we're going to go ahead and just read verses 13 through 19. The bulk of, of the material that the Lord wants me to give you today will be in verses number uh, 18 and 19. And then we'll jump off of there and just go further on as the Lord sees fit. Matthew, the 16th chapter and the King James Version, verse 13 says this. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter, and Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Simply put, Simon, Simon Peter, you did not get this information because you were looking at me or dealing with my flesh. You didn't get this information by natural means. This is supernatural knowledge that has come from God. God has been speaking to you. Verse 18, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The bulk of our time today, again, will be in verse 18 and 19, and it will spring forward. Let's go back up to verse number 18 just for a moment. And the Lord says here, thou, he says, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Now, understand something. The discussion here is about identity. Who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? It's about identity. And then after the father uses Peter to identify Jesus, then Jesus turns around and identifies Peter. It's about identity. And he says here in verse number 18, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and we get more into that in a, moment, in a moment, Lord willing. He said, and upon this rock, this rock is the true identity of Jesus Christ. Remember the discussion was beforehand, what's the world saying about me? Then what are you saying about me? Do you know who I am? Do you know my true identity? We would say it today. I mean, I, I like superheroes from time to time hallelujah I just do do you know Batman's true identity do you know that uh, Clark Kent's uh, Superman's identity right really as it relates to Clark Kent Superman really Clark Kent is a disguise you realize that he's always Superman Clark Kent is, a dis is the disguise you Praise Jesus. Let's go on. So this is all about identity. The foundation, the rock, is who Jesus is, his true identity. Upon this rock, the knowledge of who he is, the Lord said, I will build my church. Let's say that just for a moment. When people think about today, if you go and ask just the average person, and you ask them, uh, you tell them, hey, we're building a church. They immediately think you're talking about what? Brick and mortar, wall, sheetrock, so forth and so on, a building. But we, of course, know that Jesus is not talking about that. He's talking about the ecclesia, the called out body, his body. Each individual person who is called on the name of Jesus, each individual person that is born of God or twice born or born from above, each individual person that has been filled with the spirit of God that calls Jesus Lord, Savior, King, Messiah, Savior, right? He's talking about each individual person. He says, upon the foundation of who I am, I will build. I will build. This is an active, active. This is in the, in the active tense. He said, I will build or I will be actively building you each and every person. Make this personal. If you've called Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, how many of you can say, I am truly born of God, I am born again? Then that means that you are actively being built upon the foundation of the knowledge of who Jesus is. Jesus is your carpenter. He is your builder. And often to build something, you got to tear things down before you can build up. In construction, construction can be long, it can be difficult. But the Lord said, I am actively building you 
on this foundation. Now, the problem is that many people give their lives to Jesus and say, Lord, you are my Lord, but they don't allow construction. They simply stand on the foundation and think that everything else is just going to be fine. But they have to yield to the builder. That's one thing I have to tell you today. You have to yield to the builder. Now, again, this process is not easy. During this process, you can be stripped, you can be torn down, and you can be built up. And when the Lord builds you up, you're stronger. You're more stable. You're more resilient. You can hear it in your voice when you have been through something with God. Miss Allie can testify about that. This is the building process. And one thing about a builder, he already has something in mind. He already has a finished product in mind. This is who you are. And then he goes in a process of making you become that. Now, the taller your building is, uh, or whatever you're meant to be, is going to require one thing or another. If you're meant to be a, a one-level building, hey, you don't have to dig that deep. But if your ministry, if your purpose in life is meant to be a tower, we got to go deep. The foundation has to go deep, down deep, which means before we see anything that comes out of the surface, we got to deal with your past issues. We got to go down and unearth some stuff, Un unearth some stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff that's in the way before you can see anything pop up out the ground. Now, here's the problem. Again, a lot of people don't want that. They run away from that because that's pain. And we don't like pain. But Jesus is the builder. And he's going to continue to work on you and work on you and work on you. Now, you can either submit to the builder and let the pain become productive. Or you can continue to run, continue to try to escape and come right back around to the same spot again. That's why you can go from church to church and still find the same devils. Job to job, still find the same devils because he's not complete. Often the, the Lord will use the devil, use Satan. He will use him as a tool to get you where you're supposed to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't like it. But this is the way the master chooses. He chooses, us to, he chooses to refine us with fire. You're not a little wimpy, wimpy something. He refines you with fire. Until you become. Now once you have become that structure. Oh my Lord. Once you have become. What you are. What God has already planned. From the foundations of the world. What he's already. He already has plans for you. Once you are, are that. Then you can fully inherit. We're going to talk about that too. But there is so much more. I want you to get it in your mind. Get it. Get this picture that if you are born of God, Jesus 
The main builder is working on you. He is building you. He is constructing you. And what you are will be utilized here in time, but also in eternity. In two dimensions. So the Lord said here again in verse number 18, he said, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter. I have identified you. Now you are Peter. And this is one experience that all of us that are born into believers should have where God identifies you. This is who you are. If we've not had that experience, we can, you see, we can, uh, some can only have, yes, Lord, I know that you are Jesus, and woo, this is wonderful, now I'm going to come to church, and, and we're going to do things and just sing, 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 but have you been identified? This is the foundation on which you stand, the knowledge of who Jesus is, and as he reveals who you are, only then can you stand strong and mighty. You know Jesus, and Jesus reveals to you who you are. Who you are, not just who your mama had, your mom and daddy had, not your physical body, but who are you? What have you been called here to do? What is your purpose? Only the maker of a thing can determine the purpose of a thing. Although your butter knife can take out screws. But that's not his purpose. And often we can go through life, a butter knife. Oh, I can take out screws all day long. But that wasn't your purpose. Who are you? Only Jesus can tell you who you are and what your purpose is. He told Peter. He said, uh, look, at, look at verse number 18 again. Rather, verse uh, 17, and Jesus answered, said unto, unto him, Bless out thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, unto thee, but my Father in heaven. Verse 18, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this revelation knowledge, not upon Peter, but his assignment. Peter means rock, right? He said, this is what you are. You're strong. You are stable. I'm going to build something on your character, not us. But he would do something with Peter that as it relates to strength of character. Now, of course, we know that a little while past this, you can't see the strength of character as he denies Christ. But the builder is still working. The Lord said to Peter, he said, uh, Peter, the, the enemy, he said, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But don't worry about it. I've been praying for you that your faith fail you not. I'm still working on you. And this should give us confidence. This should give us an assurance that even when you fall, realize Jesus is still working on you. And after Jesus was finished working on Peter, this reed that was shaken in the wind became a strong and mighty force for the kingdom of God. And the historians say that when Peter died, they crucified him. And they said he, they say that Peter said, don't crucify me up, uh, up like my Lord. I'm not worthy to be crucified like him. Crucify me upside down. This man that was a reed shaken in the wind became a mighty rock. We saw here on the day of Pentecost as he stood up firm, flat-footed. Yes, yes, he became 
that. So God has plans. He has blueprints for all of us. Blueprints. This is who you are. This is what I have made you. The failure is, for many, that we never find out what that is. You see, having a clue, having a word from God, a divine word from God, would help to settle you and help to give you peace, especially when he's digging up old stuff, pulling old skeletons out the ground. Oh, there's Jimmy Hoffa. I didn't know he was buried right there. <laughs> pulling up old bones. What happened? What happened here? He said, I got to get this out the way before I can build on you. And depending on how high you're supposed to be, that process could take years. But we can get so discouraged in the way, hey, hey, so-and-so just started, he, when I started, he, he started now, he got a ministry. Yeah, he's just a one-level man. And you can see that, yeah, rejoice with him, yeah, that's his purpose, rejoice with him, honestly, hallelujah. Why is it taking me so long? You got a little bit more in you. And take a little bit more time to pull that out. Are you with me? So he says in, in verse 18 again, he said, And I said to thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's talk about those gates for a little while. Let's go um, to Matthew, here again, Matthew 16, uh, 18 and 19, out of the New Living Translation. Let's look at this. He says, now I say unto you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and, and all the what powers of hell will not conquer it. This is a good translation because Gates really is talking about power. He says, and all the powers, S, of hell will not conquer it. In verse 19 he says, and, and I will give unto thee, or rather, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Now, let's talk about that just a little bit before we talk about the gates. We understand that Jesus is not calling us to make laws. He's calling us to enforce laws. So the true interpretation of this is whatever has been bound in heaven, you will, bind, you will bind in earth. Whatever has been loosed in heaven, you will loose in earth. Whatever is permitted in heaven, you will permit in earth. Whatever is, uh, whatever is forbidden in heaven, you will forbid in earth. That is a true interpretation. You're not going to make up something of your own accord. I'm thankful for our law enforcement that's in the room right now. Praise the Lord, Brother Ken and many others. And, and some of us are chaplains. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you can't go out and make your own laws. You can only enforce the laws that have been written. If the speed limit is 70, and someone is going 85, it is clear that they are 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. Woo, 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 woo. Bad boys, bad boys. Because we're coming for you, right? All right. 
It is clear. So the policeman can then enforce the laws of his jurisdiction. He can pull you over and say, hey, the speed limit is 70, letting you know what law you have broken. The speed limit is 70. I clocked you at 90. Boy, you got a lead foot. You one of them super speeders. And so then you can then he can enforce the laws as it relates to that. Either put you in cuffs because you're going way too fast or give you a speeding ticket and you'll have to pay some money. Nobody likes that. I don't like those blue lights flashing behind me. There are only one pair of blue lights I liked and that was Kmart some years ago. But that's another story altogether. So the policeman enforces, enforces the laws that are written. You and I will enforce the laws of the kingdom that have been written in the law books of heaven. You and I are assigned to enforce it. So Jesus said, whatever is bound in heaven, you will bind in earth. Who is he talking to? Those that are standing on the foundation of who he is and those that have the realization of who they are in him. This gives you access to keys and you will enforce the laws of heaven. Now, how does that look? Uh, is sickness permitted in heaven? No. So therefore, I can say of a surety that sickness, whatever the sickness is, you are now bound. You are not permitted. permitted. You're not permitted in me. You're not permitted in my home. You're not permitted anywhere around me. I bind the spirit of infirmity. You are not permitted. And you speak in line with the kingdom. Then... Let's say even with the regular policeman, if my words don't shut you down, I got cuffs and I got a gun. I have spiritual power and authority to deal with you. That's that continual prayer. Forcing the will of the kingdom because you know what is written. But if you don't know what is written, if you don't know the law books, then how can you enforce something that you don't know? And so the enemy is depending on your ignorance. He's depending on your ignorance. He's depending on your silence. He's depending on you just giving up. Now the devil can resist you for a while. He can resist you for a while. But he cannot resist you continually. Are you hearing Let's go on just a little bit further today. Let's talk about now those gates, those gates or powers of hell. As we look at the word gates here, metaphorically, these gates, the word gates here means the access or entrance into a state of being. Access or entrance into the state, into a state of being. The point in which one enters one state and exits another. When you think about gates, you've seen gates before. You think about uh, maybe even a door. Think about a double door. It gives you access into a wider area. The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So these gates, doors, or powers of hell have the ability to entice the souls of man. Now, the word prevail means that there is an active plan, an active assault against you. Two teams, let's say Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, two teams will be 
uh, a warring on that football field. Only one will prevail. Prevail means that there's going to be a struggle. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be active resistance. Who, is, who are they actively resisting? Those that are standing on that rock. Those that have the knowledge of who Jesus is and who they are in him. Those, that are, those who are called to enforce the will of the kingdom. Those who are, are called to enforce the laws of the kingdom. The Bible says, Jesus said, there will be an assault against you. But it won't prevail against you. It won't ultimately win. That does not mean that the devil won't try. Are you hearing? Now, again, these gates have the power to draw people. And I want to really keep you here just for a few moments. These gates have the power to draw you in, to lure you in, to entice you. Now, the Bible says, again, that the gates of hell are the powers of hell. Powers. These powers, the devil has two types of armies. Just like God has two types of armies. One is angelic, the, the angels, spiritual army. And then there are, on the Lord's side, there are human beings that are sold out to do the will of the Father. You may know some of them, I hope. Some of them that say, I want to do the Father's will. I want to serve Jesus, and I will give my life to do that. Two types of armies, angelic and then humans that are sold out to the Father's will. But the same token, the devil also has demons, fallen angels, and human beings that are sold out to do his will. Some of those nasty folk on your job are some of them same powers of hell, gates of hell. You hear what we're saying today? He's saying that these powers, these influences will not prevail against you. But rest assured, they will try. They will try you, but they will not prevail against you. Why is that? First of all, because you have keys. You have the ability to bind and to loose. You have the ability to permit or to forbid. Jesus said, if you know me, you know who I am. Feel yourself, feel your mind, feel your spirit, man. Meditate on who I am and what I came to do. And then meditate on who I've called you, who I've called you to become. Only then will the keys be released to you. And then you become a threat to the enemy. And you can bind him. You can forbid him. And he'll leave you alone for a season. Y'all mighty quiet today. Let's go a little bit further. These gates, again, have the ability to draw and entice people. Now, the devil cannot make you sin. He can only offer you opportunities to sin. He knows weakness. He knows your weakness. He knows what you like. And he tries to create opportunities. Some folk know how to push your buttons. They didn't make you cuss. They just created opportunities for you to cuss. They know how to push your buttons. They know how to push your buttons. After a while, you be, you be out of character. I don't know why I'm acting like this. I don't know why I'm acting like this. 
this. I don't know why. Why did I cuss her out? Why did I slap him? It felt good. But why did I do that? The devil, Satan, cannot make you sin, but he can offer you opportunities. He can create opportunities. He can bait a trap. Now, once a trap has been baited, the gates of hell swings open wide and begins to draw you in. Let me show you a few cases when the gates of hell swung wide open. Let's go into Genesis, Genesis third chapter. You know this very well. Genesis third chapter, verse number one, it says the serpent was the shrewdest uh, of all the, all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say? Did God really say this? Did God really say you must not eat of you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees of the garden? The enemy comes to question, to bring doubt, gates swinging open, wanting to lure you in. Second Samuel the eleventh chapter, the gate swung open again with King David. Let's look at it. Second Samuel eleven chapter verses one through five. It says, "In the spring of the year." When kings normally go out to war, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the, uh, the Israeli army to fight the uh, Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of, uh, of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. King, you should be out where kings are, but instead he wasn't in the right place. He decided to stay home. Right? Gate swung open. Verse 2. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed. Now, while his men are warring, he's in bed. They're fighting for their lives, trying to advance the kingdom. He's asleep in his bed. One day, he got up. Uh, uh, and he decided to take a stroll. Let's look on. David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Oh, my goodness. Wrong place, David. The gates swung open. Verse number three, he sent someone to find out who she was. Then he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam the, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Mm, that should have been the end of it right now. She's somebody's wife. That should have been the end of it right there. Should have been the end. 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 She's somebody's wife. It should have been the end. The gate swung open. Are you hearing me? Should have been the end of it, but it wasn't the end. There's a trap laid. Verse 4, then David sent messengers to get her. Hmm. And, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Thank you for coming, baby. 
You can go home now. Oh, you think you're going to use me? Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for coming. I'm the king. It's good to be the king. Hmm. Going home. All right. Verse number five. Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. The gate swung open. And that encounter led to what? Murder and every other bad thing that stuff that creeped into David's lineage among his children and among their children, the murder and the death of the baby and so many horrible things. The gate swung open. The power of the gates enticing. Now it wasn't Bathsheba's fault, she was minding her own business. And you ladies, let me give you a word. Here's somebody tell you, hey, you ought not wear them clothes because you're going to cause a man to sin and to lust after you. It's not you, honey. It's lust is in the man. You can wear a potato sack and some folk are still lust after you. You can cover everything but your big toe and they say, ooh, that's a sexy big toe. Ooh, I see that orange fingernail polish. Woo, it's doing something to me. Lust is in the man and lust is in the person. It's not in what you're wearing. Now being nude on a rooftop, still, that was her business. She wasn't out in the middle of the streets. Hallelujah. Folk just need to repent. Hallelujah. Don't let people put you in bondage. Dress in moderation. But don't be in bondage to folk. Hallelujah. Second Kings, one more time. Second Kings, the fifth chapter. Gehazi, we know this. Gehazi, the gate swung wide open for him. Naaman, the captain of the guard, came to get healed. And, and, and Elisha sent him back home after the healing said, because, uh, because Naaman said, I'm going to give you all this gifts and stuff. And then Elisha simply said, I don't want your stuff. Get on and you go on home in peace. Bye-bye. But Gehazi, the servant, said, hey, my master should not have done that. I'm going to go run after him and get the money. Bad decision. Because Naaman's leprosy went straight on Gehazi. Bad thing. Let me show you one more. And we know this in Matthew, the fourth chapter. Matthew, the fourth chapter. That devil tried to, that Satan tried to swing the gates open with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus slammed it closed. What? Boom. Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse number one. Then Jesus uh, was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Forty days and forty nights, the Lord was hungry. The devil tried again. And how, the, how did the Lord swing the day, uh, slam, the, slam those gates closed? He slammed it with the word of God. It is written. He knows the law books. Hmm. He knows what's written. Hmm. Jesus, as our example, knows what's written in the courts of heaven. He knows, and he enforced what was written. 
And that devil just scampered away. Couldn't touch this. I'm going to have to go there. Doom, 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 doom. Doom, doom. Doom, doom. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? My Lord, please help us. Now go back just for a moment uh, to Matthew, the 16th chapter, verse number 18. Now it is the devil's will, it is Satan's goal to get you between the gates, to draw you in. Because once he draws you in into the gates, you begin to hear the lies of the enemy. You begin to hear the lies. The enemy's goal is to get you to drop your inheritance, to drop what belongs to you, or to think that it is worthless and that God is not with you. Once you listen to those lies, it's easier for you to slip right on into hell. You pass the gates and now you're living in hell. And someone that is living in hell, here again, not talking about eternity, I'm talking about right here in time. Once you're living in it, you feel depressed, you feel worried, you feel anxious, you feel nobody loves me, you feel all alone. And all these things, all these demons are all around you, feeding you with all these lies. You pass the gates, you've been, you've been summoned into the gates of hell. Now you're there in that place, in that dark place, and you want to commit suicide. And it takes someone to intercede for you and pull you up out of that situation and pull you out. Jesus said, if you're on my foundation, you know who I am and, I, and you discovered and I've told you and you realize who you are in me, those gates won't prevail against you. I'm going to get you out. They won't overcome you. I will get you out. I'll get you out. Are you hearing? That doesn't mean that the devil won't try. The goal of the enemy is to get you to drop your inheritance, to drop what you have, to drop what you possess, or to think that it is worthless or less than nothing. Drop your faith. Cast away your confidence. God is not with me. And then you're in that dark place wondering, how did I get here? Never been there before. What am I doing here? How did I get back here again? How did I end up with another mm, man like this or another mm, woman like that? How did I get here again? Somebody knows what I'm talking about. How did I get lured into this? How did I get here? Past the gates and into the region of hell. You wonder and you say, I'm not supposed to be here. Who will deliver me from this? Jesus will. And how you delivered from it? The same way you got into the kingdom. You're in that mess. You're in that place. Begin to meditate on who Jesus is and what he has come to do. Begin to meditate on who you are in him. This will begin to give you wings, so to speak, and you begin to come up out of that. Saying over and over and over again that sin is what you did, but that is not who you are. 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. I am the elect. The greater one lives on the inside of me. I may complete in him. I am holy. I am holy. But you just did that. I am holy. I am holy. I am righteous. But you just did that. I am holy. You still got the crack pipe in your hand. I am holy. I am righteous. I am justified. I am the redeemed of God. Jesus loves me. That is what I did, but that is not who I am. Your confession begins to lead you out of the gates and further and further and further away into your inheritance. My God, there's so much more I needed to give you today. Oh, my Lord. One have to go into another one. Oh, my goodness. Going to have to go into another one. But realize... Your confession, what you say, knowing the law, enforcing the law. The word of God says, let the weak say that they are strong. Let the poor say that they are rich. Jesus said, I am healed. I am healed. I am so. I am what he said I am. I can do what he said I can do. I have what he said that I have. And that settles every issue about it. You have to tell hell no. I don't want to seem like I'm cussing, Sister Maddie. But when the devil tries to bring some stuff in your life, you got to tell him hell no. You will not bring that in here. That's it. Why? Because I know what is written. I know what he said. And I'm going to have what he said. You have to fight for that. Hallelujah. Look forward to being back with you next time. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for the words that you've given us today. Lord, I pray that you will inspire and equip your people to discover who they are in you. First of all, to discover who Jesus is and meditate on who Jesus is. And Lord, to discover also who they are in you, you've given them a name. You've given them a name. You've given them a purpose. There's a blueprint and a plan, a destiny that is for each individual person. Father, I pray that you would fill them with that knowledge. Lord Jesus, I pray that your voice would speak so clearly in their ear as you identify them and what you called them to do. Lord, I pray also that you would fill them with courage to stand up and tell hell no. That they will begin to receive everything that you've called them to receive, to be what you've called them to be, to do what you've called them to do. That they will not be in obscurity. And that they will not live life as a normal, natural person because they're better than that. I thank you, Lord, for your kingdom people and for the destiny that you have with them. Thank you, Lord, even for the witness of the rain as your great anointing pours down even at this very moment we give you praise today in jesus name well we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message don't forget you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org it's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series so check it out today Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way.
We'll see you on the next time.